On this episode of AV Week, we wrap up our week at Infocom 2021. Bradford Finn is here, Megan Dutta, and a whole lot more. Join us as we look back on Infocom 2021, education, and the value of going to the show. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 533, recorded Friday, October 29th, 2021. Infocom 2021, part two. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. This is part two of us from Infocom 2021 in Orlando, Florida. With me to talk about their uh, their week here is first and foremost, Gina Sansevero from Atlas IED. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you for having me, Ted. I'm so excited to be here. And she Lovely ha- to be she back has show person. voice. So. I have a little bit of show voice, but it's coming back. All right, good deal. Yep. Uh, Bradford Ben, which you guys have been watching uh, uh, fer- ferociously, uh, his in-studio stuff. So welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. You might know me from such great things as interview one, two, three, four. I think we got got 14 interviews at least. Pretty good. Highly recommend you go see them. The best thing is they, they have me in them. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, I don't think I've had you, had you on since you joined Rave, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you did. I did? Okay, well, Megan Dutta, <laughs> uh, who affectionately calls me her dad. Uh, I, am, I am not her father, just, just so we've said that. Um, from Rave Pubs, welcome him. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, Gina, I asked a bunch of manufacturers this week, and I'll ask you the same thing. Okay. Was this worth it? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Heck yeah, 100% worth it um, for a couple of reasons, right? One is we get to be that first step back into um, a more normal AV community, and it's by no means normal, but it's that first step back. So we're really happy to be here for that, to witness that. I was telling everybody we're kind of in the front of the hall, And those doors opened on Wednesday morning, and the energy came in before the crowd came in, right? You just felt this resurgence, this this recharge, and you're like, oh, yes, this is what we've done it for. Because I'll tell you, Tuesday, I was ready to cry. It wasn't... It wasn't all that... It wasn't all that exciting. Wednesday was just... It was worth every penny, every moment, every blood, sweat, and tear to get to this point. I'm a little concerned. So you're saying that Tuesday you were ready to cry? Mm. And you were ready to cry Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> it's and, the trade show cry. And when I don't were know, you ready to cry? I started crying on Thursday night after <laughs> eight hours of being in the studio with Matt staring at me. <laughs> Those of you who aren't watching the video, Matt Scott, our, our beloved uh, Canadian, was not able to make it. Uh, so we, we, we hung around and, and put flat Matt everywhere. Uh, so if you go, go on Twitter, uh, you'll find him. He's about that tall, too. Uh, no, I think he's I taller. Him a little bit, no, yeah. he, he's a little shorter than you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Megan, from your standpoint, besides the crying on Wednesday, what was what did you take away? Like what Jenny mentioned, the energy. Did you feel that on Wednesday? Did you feel that this week? Oh, absolutely. I think the one thing we've heard. Anytime you ask somebody about the show, they say the same two words, which is pleasantly surprised. Because I think the people that came here and they were all in, you know, there's some booths like Atlas ID and HD Base T. They made it clear that they're coming here to come to a show and they're bringing it all. They're going full force. And I think you could really feel that. And everyone is pleasantly surprised because I think we expected it to be a nice show and there were going to be people here. But I think there was more 
than we thought was going to be here. And you had so much time for networking and actually spending quality time with people and finding new manufacturers that you might never have seen because you're stuck usually in these big, you know, 50 by 50 booths. And now everybody's downsized. It's kind of nice to be able to go see more people. I absolutely agree with that. It was so cool to see people come into our booth and not say, I have 10 minutes, give me your pitch. <laughs> you know, more like, this is beautiful. You guys have done a great job. Tell us what you brought. And over yeah. the way, can we sit down, have a cup of coffee, and talk it's about how like your year European has been? It's very European, almost, right? Yes, it yeah. has a very ISE feel with a very more, much more intimate kind of energy to it. And I think Corey, we were at dinner last night with Corey, and she made a really good point. As like Corey Schaefer, Corey Schaefer at QSC, <laughs> was you're not talking to somebody, and then you see somebody behind them going you know, waiting, so you have a line full of people waiting for you because you have that time to actually engage with people. Yeah, that's true. And, and we were consistently busy, but not in a chaotic way, which really helped set the tone for the entire week. You must have said something good because he's taking notes. <laughs> well, Bradford, I, I want um, I, I, to, she's pointing out my, my secrets, by the way. I want to I want to. I, wanna, I, wanna I was doing the same thing. We're going to talk about the crying. We're going to talk about the notes. That's fine. That's fine. I have, I uh, he the mentioned the crying. I um, did. She um, started it. You Sorry. paid the price for Bradford's mistakes. Um, <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. In case you're wondering when I lost control, that was it right there. Um, yeah, I've been being good and not taking control yet. So, Tim, what's your question for me? You worked for a number of years as a manufacturer. Yes. And I want you to put that hat back on for a moment, if you would, please. Okay. It's on. So both in part one and now in, in part two, both Gina and, and Megan have mentioned this, there's more time, deeper conversations, longer conversations. That's a fantastic thing. But in 22 or 23 or 26, when this show and others get back to normalcy, a normal capacity, a normal volume, how do we continue that? So I actually think that burdens on the manufacturers. Okay or the sales reps or the distributors. It's not on us as the end users and specifiers and consultants. It's on the manufacturers. And I know in 2019 and 2018, I made the exact same statement. I feel like I'm being rushed and someone's looking over my shoulder because either A, there's a bigger dollar sign behind me, which I understand business is business, or B, it's just the people are, are so tired that they're just talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that this, this show has shown that if you spend time with people and get to know them and don't just say, here's this product, we put everything in it in the kitchen sink, it will solve every problem for you. Instead going, what problem can I solve for you? I think if the manufacturers and the sales channels start to understand that, it will start to differentiate and start to become a, a better show because as I've been talking with the interviewees, I've purposely been, going, been looking at their website beforehand and then going, okay, tell me about all this stuff. And that's what a lot of people have been doing through the pandemic, is look at the website, see about it, then maybe call about it. Whereas now you have the chance to actually have a, a duplex conversation with someone, talk with them. And I think if manufacturers don't build upon that, or the sales channel doesn't build upon that, we're losing something that we've, we've worked hard to gain because we've had virtual shows. There's a, there's a virtual event next month we're gonna be attending. Atlas has had shows, Rave's been having shows, I've been having shows for you guys, but actually getting a conversation together that's full duplex, 
no video camera in between you, I think is huge. And I think some of the manufacturers realize that and they're here, even if they don't have a lot of tech. And some manufacturers aren't here because they're going, this is lead generation. And I think this show has now, has not just this show, but most shows in person have gone from lead generation, meaning possible customer findings to to need decisions and specifications. And I think if people, especially manufacturers, look at it as how many feet do I get through the door and how many people do I scan, mm -hmm. they're missing it. Because when I worked for a manufacturer, my customers weren't gonna be coming through the door. I knew them, they knew me, but it was still worth it for me to go to a show to spend an hour talking to a customer face-to-face -face and to be pragmatic, the ROI on that was typically higher than having me stand on the floor talking with everyone because it's that relational showing, uh, selling. And I think that's gonna be the change that comes from this and that what having us all together shows how we can move forward and this is the next phase of business. Gina, I asked some of the manufacturers in, the, in part one this kind of same question is, is is there something that you, what did you learn this week with this type of show and, and this, this Infocom that you either are going to take away or that you could take away to make next year or the year after that better or more, you know, engaging or to help your sales staff really kind of get into the, in, in front of the customer? Yeah, so I, I think um, our answer is two part. Um, the first part is that the humanity aspect, the um, compassion and empathy component is needed, it's real. I mean, I've never seen our industry so polarized as it is now. And I think that this week we forgot about that to a certain extent. Now, I haven't been super on social media or you know, really engaging a whole lot this week because obviously other responsibilities. Um, so maybe that's just me kind of putting that aside, but I really feel like this, this community is healing a bit um, and, and that this has expedited it. And I hope to bring that next year because we need to share it with those who aren't here this year, right? Yeah. So, so definitely that humanity, that empathy. Um, the other part of it is, my goodness, we, like Megan said, we brought it. Um, but we brought it in a very focused and very um, unobtrusive way. We have a modern booth, a wide open booth, um, makes people feel comfortable, want to walk in. We brought fluffy plants, lots of fluffy plants, um, but just to warm things up a bit. And we brought a team that enjoys working together. Yeah. And so you see, when you're walking by, you see people smiling, laughing. You're, you're engaged with that. You're drawn to that. And I think that's something that we're going to really keep an eye on. Um, we brought a pared down booth staff this year, and they work so well together. So next year, we're going to have a much larger booth staff. But all people who work well together, all people who really enjoy each other's company, it makes such a difference with the energy of the booth and how many people want to actually walk in and say, tell me about that joke you just told because I heard it from over there that people were laughing, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, so I think those two things are what we're going to kind of harness for next year. No, absolutely. Megan, you and I get to hang out again uh, before the end of the year, November 30th in Dallas. Yes, I'm so excited for E4, that. Uh, Almo's E4. That and the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's going to be a, a hybrid event. There will be portions that will be online and portions that will be in person. Kind of what you and I are doing, right? There's going to be a. Can, I, can we say that there's going to be a hologram presenter? Is that like public or? Well, I guess it's public now. Too. Okay. So <laughs> we're, 
Wait up, so, 20 bucks, no, Josh. No, 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 no. the 20 bucks. Um, but so one of the aspects that Infocom introduced this year, and, and there's differing views on, on, on the uptake of it, but it was the, the virtual part, right? Folks who weren't able to come here were able to uh, experience it in some limited capacity. They did not have every session, they, and it did cost, you know, there was a cost to it. When you look at what you and I are doing, and, and you know, obviously we haven't done it yet, so I can't speak to exactly what worked and what didn't, but we look at that compared to you know, the, the streaming portion of, of Infocom this year. What can they do better next year and the year after that? Because it, it seems to me at least that there's a sense that the virtual part is going to continue. Yeah, I, so I haven't seen much of the Infocom virtual coverage because I've been on the show floor, yeah. but so I'll give my basic opinions without saying Infocom didn't do this or yeah. didn't do this. Disclaimer, <laughs> you know, but what we're going to be doing at Elmo is really engaging the virtual viewer. So, you know, our team will be there. Obviously, your team will be there. They'll be talking on the stage. But what Tim and I are going to be doing is pairing up and speaking to the online audience. So it's not just going to be like, hey, and now the presenters on stage. We're going to be talking about what they're talking about, having the audience ask us questions specifically that we can ask the presenter or the audience can vote and they can say, Megan and Tim, we really want you to go check out this booth, we want you to do this or that. So it's really engaging that virtual audience in a different way than just you're seeing somebody, you know, in a square on a stage. Yeah. I love that. You're like play-by-play -play -play commentators That's for... I just said, we're gonna do the color commentary. Yeah, yeah. I love that. What a great idea. Did well, Megan it, it wasn't, that? yes, I'm certain she did. <laughs> and just so it's been said, I 100% give Megan credit for flat mat, where we put Matt Scott uh, and Tom all over Twitter. Oh, that was 100% her idea. Thank you. <laughs> um, Bradford, you were sequestered in this room the entire time for 75 hours a day. Yes. Um, what did you take away from this show in general, even though you were sequestered? And what's one or two things specifically that you're going to walk away from? Uh, uh, so I'm going to walk away. You need to wear comfortable shoes. That's probably not what you want to hear. Yeah, but, but can we add you should change them in the middle of the day, too, because that makes a world of difference. Does it? I it really, I did that I yesterday because oh, Barbara does really? it every day. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Barbara, Barbara with her 25,000 pairs of shoes. Yeah. But I changed it in the middle of the day yesterday and I was like, this is life changing. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so besides that, throw a little <laughs> joke. Uh, so things I'll, I'll come away with and learn. One of them is, and I believe the ladies have, have already spoken about it, is the big booths and the, the larger companies kind of have a towering presence over everyone here. And because it wasn't those big monolithic companies, I got to meet a lot of companies that we hadn't, that I hadn't talked to before, yeah. that I hadn't seen. Uh, you know, we had a much wider range of people involved. Uh, I also think that the other thing I take away is that the, the show is not solely about the people count. And I know this sounds a little odd and perhaps it's too much manufacturer showing is it's a great milepost still of having an event where you can say here's all the new products because even though it's been a slow 18 months there have been a lot more products coming out and updates and firmware updates and new features and HD base 3 new revisions and all that and having a line in the sand that everyone aims towards has been good because as a now as a consultant, but even previously as a manufacturer or as an end user is the, if stuff just keeps trickling out every day, you just kind of go, ah, I'll get to it tomorrow, I get to it tomorrow. 
But now that it's one big event, I can get all of that information while I'm thinking about uh, receiving it in. And to me, that's kind of what happens having a show again. And that was new and big because I found out about new products. I found out more about protocols I've been using for years. And But the fact that there was this date in time where everyone was like, this is new. Like the fact that Avixa said, we're going to announce this here for their new partnership program. Yeah. That's kind of big. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Gina Santavero, if somebody wants to connect with you or Atlas IED, how do they do that? Um, AtlasIED.com. That's the website. Uh, at Atlas Core. Atlas underscore IED is on Twitter, Atlas IED on Instagram, Atlas IED on Facebook, Atlas IED on LinkedIn. And then for me, um, it's at Gina Sands on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find my dog and some food pictures on Instagram. And uh, you can connect with me by going through the Atlas IED Contact Us page. Um, and it has my email address up there. So there's tons of ways. Tons of ways. Tons of again, ways. Totally of you, connected. For those of you not watching the video, she is a unicorn today. Oh, I'm a unicorn. It's uh, the last day of Infocom, and we have a candy trail going on. Yeah. Hashtag candy trail. And there's a bunch of uh, exhibitors. Oh, I don't even know if this is even It's not. It's necessary. two weeks ago. Oh, crap. That's all right. That's okay. I'm a unicorn today. Bradford, Ben, how do people connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me at advises.com or just look for Bradford Ben on the search engine of your choice, bradfordben.com. You can find me on the Twitters, lampooning Tim and his hapless bears. Well, I guess that's a redundant term. Uh, at Bradford cool, Ben with two N's, which I start making fun of the blues. Oh, wait, I'm not you supposed to You can do, do that. That's, okay. That's allowed. And I'm not making any jokes about the Blackhawks. That's just wrong in so many ways. Correct. Yeah, right, there are nice. certain things even I won't make fun of. Megan. Oh, and by the way, thank you, thank you, thank you for being polite to me and putting the masks on. Uh, I know there have been some people in here who are like, why do you have masks on? You're not on the studio floor. I'm paranoid. I have reasons to be, yep. so I want to appreciate all my friends. I also wore masks in all my interviews, and everyone I interviewed was masked up. It's important. So, yeah. It's the show policy. I agree. There we go. All right, Megan, how do people connect with you or Rafe? You can follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn at Megan A. Dutta, and you can follow Rave at RavePubs or RavePubs.com. And we have an event next week. It's the replay event. Be sure to check that out. We're going to be talking about everything that happened this year in AV and also talking about Infocom, and then you can catch me and Tim at the Elmo E4 in Dallas on November 30th. Yep. All right, here we go, part two of part two. I guess that would make it part four, I don't know. Uh, this is the last look at Infocom uh, with me. First and foremost, I'm gonna call this the Rave episode, because and then Gary K can yell at me later for it, but Steph <laughs> Beckett from Rave, how are you? Doing good, how about yourself? I am well, I am well. Uh, also half the Hetma episode too, Mike Peterson, welcome sir. Thank you. Awesome, and last but not least, buddy Mr. Jeremy Caldera uh, from Pearl Technology, sir. I am glad to be here, but I'm not with any of the fancy letters and stuff that you guys You know. used to be on the, on the leadership search committee. <laughs> well, that's true, I guess. So I that, yeah. And you've won every, every AVIX award except for women of AV, the woman of AV, so. Well, yeah. I've won a couple. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, Steph, I'm gonna start with you on this. Okay, and, and start with me. <laughs> By all means. So, first and foremost, Steph has, had, has a podcast. Are you mm -hmm. still doing it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's still doing it. It's, it's called Study with Steph, and okay. Steph was going, uh, studying for her CTS. Yeah. And then she unfortunately spent three days with Caldera. <laughs> I did. In, in the CTS prep. <laughs> hey, Jeremy. <laughs> Hello, Steph. <laughs> and then you took your CTS. I did. Your test. Mm -hmm. How did it go? 
So I did not pass this time, my first time, my first go around. But so you like that much? Yes. So you need a 350 to pass, and I made a 329. Okay. So it was kind of the matter of like a few questions. Um, but you know, it was nobody's. It was just my. You know, I yeah. happened to get a lot of questions on like a few that really stumped me. So it really just depends. But the great thing about it was they let you know like the section that you need to work on. Um, and so the section I did worst on, in was designing AV solutions, which, you know, makes a lot of sense since yeah. I don't do that for a living. But um, knowing that, I know what I need to go back and, and work on. But doing as well as I did, I think, is a lot to the credit of Jeremy and Chuck because their class was really great. Um, it helped me with a lot of the things that I was actually really worried about. And then the things that I was most worried about actually ended up being the things I was best at. So. Um, very grateful to them. And that's kind of where I, where I wanted to go. It wasn't you know, the, the talk about the test, but really about your study and your your mm -hmm. preparation for this test. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot of what my preparation was was going through the exam guide um, and very glad to have the Study with Steph podcast where I could kind of take each section and break it down and invite kind of subject matter experts on with me. Just people who were very open to just letting me fire questions at them over yeah. and over again, because that's how I learn. Hmm. Um, I tend to learn in a really classroom-based setting where I can just ask every single question under the sun and that's how I retain information. So um, I learned a lot from doing that and also learned a lot from being in the class as and well. And she was one of our most vocal students throughout the three days. I was. And it was I'm, great, but it stimulated conversation within yep. the classroom. because I'm not shy about having questions. No, but that, like, that's the thing is like a lot of students too, they're, they're, they don't want to ask the questions, yeah. right? And they don't want to be engaging, which is what you do to get the most out of your classroom, right? So it was very mm -hmm. helpful having her do that. That's so. awesome. One thing I want to point out is, is because I, I just think it's cool when, when you realize how, you know, as we do this and as you do your podcast, how people really do listen. Uh, you said that at one point somebody in the class piped up and said, study for Steph did not prepare me for this class. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know what? She was right. <laughs> but to be fair, that's not what it was designed to do. Yeah, no, it's designed yeah. to kind of, Study with Steph was designed to kind of supplement if you just are like, uh, I'm not feeling super great about the way that light works. No. I don't understand how that works. I have a few questions about the different measurements that we have for light. That Then you can go, oh, there's a Study with Steph episode about light. Mm -hmm. So I can go and watch. It's not supposed to replace your studying. It's supposed to kind of supplement it and maybe help round you out in the areas that you're having a little bit of trouble in. And that's what it did for me. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, luckily, since I did fail this first time, uh, Study with Steph has been renewed for season <laughs> two. So, <laughs> Well, hopefully I get asked to be on it again. Yeah, you can. I want, since my yeah. class failed her. Oh, no, you didn't fail me. I will tell anyone and everyone under the sun that if anything, like, y'all helped me not fail worse. So um, I, I have complete confidence that I'm going to make you guys, you know, help me some more um, and help me round out those few areas that I still have trouble in. But um, I, I've been told by everyone, they're like, okay, yeah, you got to work on this one section, but you're going to go in next time and you're going to blow it out of the water. You're going to be just fine. So if anything, it kind of solidified my idea that I do belong in this industry. I am in the right place. It's not that I didn't know the information. It's that I just need a little bit more work. Yeah. And some of it also, I mean, I, I failed it more than once, uh, is, is testing anxiety, which is me personally, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Is like, I think I know this, right? And yeah. you vacillate back and forth. And, so. I, and then, yeah, and it's a lot of pressure to take it here because you're just like in a lot of room, like in a room with like a lot of other people testing. And so I think that I also probably second guessed myself on things that I should not have because yeah. I was just like, 
You know, that's why in the <laughs> class we talk a lot about understanding how standardized testing works because a lot of people just don't take standardized testing. Yeah. Right? yeah. A lot of people mm -hmm. are used to, a lot of people are not. So we talk about that and how to relieve that pressure, you know, and, and kind of, yeah. you know, not, not just about content, it's about yeah. understanding because this is your first go around with standardized tests. Unlike the people who take their CTSD or CTSI, they understand it mm -hmm. now, you know. Yeah. And so it's, it's good to kind of explain that as so well. So it, it'll really help me out for next time, knowing what to expect yeah. and just knowing, you know, okay, you did this before, you can keep a little bit of a cooler head when you go in next time and don't second guess yourself so much. All right. Mike, bring you on this. You are a member of, of the HEPMA group. We're going to go hang out with them here in a bit. We are. It's going to be great. How was it for, for you personally, this this show, mm -hmm. and also how, how do you think, I'm not asking you to talk for the entire group, <laughs> but just your, your sense, you know, what they're they got from this week. Yeah, no, it's it's been great to be here. Uh, higher Ed definitely showed up in force at this at this show. Uh, and I think that's one of the transitions that's been interesting to watch. I've been I was an integrator for years and I've attended the show for a long time, but seeing the transition to have more end users or in our case in-house integrators uh, joining the show and being welcomed, that's just been that's been great and this was just another one of those years. And I think our again, the big thing our group got was we'd been doing so much interaction in the in the Zoom world, and we, these people I hadn't met before, and it was just it was amazing to be able to meet these people in yeah, real life, in spend real some life. time with them. Yeah, that's what I came for, and that's what I got. All right, so. real, real quickly because I've had these conversations. I've you know some of it has been on podcast, some of it's just been in chatting with you and Joe Way and some other folks. Explain to me the term in-house integrator. Sure. Yeah, not not every university or college would have this, but many of us have a sizable team of well-trained, certified individuals, and we essentially serve as an in-house integrator for our organization. So at Iowa State University, if there is a department or a college that has some AV need, they'll reach out to us. We'll go do a needs analysis. We'll prepare an estimate. I mean, we're even using DTools. It's a tool designed for wow. integrators. Um, if they like it, they'll send us an account number. We'll purchase it all. Then we have a dedicated install team that will go install it, do the programming, and do the commissioning. So really, I mean, we are—we literally have all the tools that a regular integrator would have. We're just doing it in-house for our own team, for our own organization. All right, very cool, Jeremy. What were you, what are you taking away as as an integrator um, and as somebody who has been involved with Avixa for a very long time? Um, I, I I got the sense very early on, Jeremy and I are. are, are, are very good friends, and, and we've been talking about this show for just off the record and, and back and forth. And I don't, I didn't get the sense that either of us were ever going to not come, mm. right? That's it, true. It was one of those things like, you know what? I just unless they ha unless they don't have it, I'll mm. be in Orlando. Yeah, right? correct. I mean, even if I wasn't teaching a three-day class last weekend, yeah. <laughs> I still would have been here. Yeah, right. Um, what knowing that commitment—that's that's why I wanted to bring that up. What are you taking away from this week? You know, it's. It, I heard some other parts of your podcast say this, right? But it, it is true that I've had some much more meaningful meetings mm -hmm. over the week. Um, it's It's been great. I mean, there's, yes, there's a few manufacturers and a few people I wish I had seen. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll come down to my office and talk to me more one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. That's great, that's fantastic. Uh, but it did allot me the time to go out, see some of the things I normally wouldn't see, see some new technologies. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a fear that there would be nothing new here. Right, mm -hmm. and it would be kind of the same old. I'll see some booths. I'll talk to some people. I'll get that networking that we want to do. There was genuinely some really cool technology out, right? Yeah. And um, I, I'm excited for even some of the stuff that that may not be the greatest right now and might be prototype kind of stuff. But the potential is there for some really cool stuff as well. And I, I think seeing kind of how we're trending 
in starting to talk about use of AI for different types of stuff. Um, I'm very excited about what that's going to bring. That really is only achievable if you come to an event like this, right? And interact with those people and talk about that, get more of that one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. You can watch YouTube videos all day long on this stuff, right? But unless I can talk to an engineer sometimes and figure out kind of what the thought process is going into things, um, you really don't understand the full grasp of a lot of that stuff, so. What was one or two technologies that you that you saw that like, oh my gosh, this is this is worth coming and this was this is awesome? Uh, I really liked some of the, there was that e-glass thing that was really cool. That's it was so out there. cool. Yep, um, absolutely. Such a simple concept, I don't know why this was not created sooner, right? But from a distance learning environment, you know, I, I looked at it from a distance learning perspective, and we do a lot of higher education uh, work where there's not in-house integrators. <laughs> we'll get into a debate about that later. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll do a lot of higher education stuff, and I thought about that from a distance learning standpoint. Or even like I was talking with Chuck about this, the CTS prep class, yeah. how useful that would have been, not only for his virtual CTS trainings, mm -hmm. but in like in-person training events, if you can annotate live over the stuff when you're there and you're talking, it, it's it it takes that that experience that we all talk about, right, and and brings the presenter and the instruction uh, documentation and things together. Versus, even if you're a person, you're looking at the instructor, you're looking at the PowerPoint, you're looking at the instructor, you're looking at the PowerPoint, right? This kind of brings all that together too. Just from that simple interactivity, kind of adds that little bit to the experience there as well. Also saw some uh, LED technology. You know, we do these big LED video walls, and uh, how do we? Where do, where do you put a camera, yeah. right? If you're mm -hmm. if you're doing a large training room or a conference room or classroom or whatever, mm -hmm. how do you do that video conferencing with that? And um, you know, I'm seeing some of that stuff where the cameras are now built into a few of the pixels on the LED wall, right? And I, I think that's one of those examples where, okay, the, it looked good, right? But the potential for what that could be yeah. down the road is, I'm glad to see somebody's kind of thinking of, of stuff like that. Yeah, little like things that. like that, you know, that, yeah. that I see that's, that's really awesome. So. Did you see Grid? You know, I have not yet, but I may they pop over there. They are cool. That's a cool product They're too. so what cool. It? So it is, you know, how when you're um, doing an install in like a conference room or somewhere and you have to run a lot of power like under the floor, mm -hmm. they have a special floor covering that then you put carpet on top of that when you need to go in and fix something, you use an app on your phone that's kind of like an AR type thing and you put it over and it shows you where all the cords are under the floor. So you know where to. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's, it's a raised floor system, but yeah. it's. They've taken it to the next level. With AR, though. With AR, yeah, they are. absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. And that's, that's really been, cool. it's been awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, that was going to be my next question to you, Steph, is, is you ran around just like I did, <laughs> doing different booths. Uh, you also did a bunch of interviews uh, like in, inside the, the HD Base T booth mm -hmm. as well as, as Almo. Um, what was one or two things besides Grid now yeah. that, that you that you <laughs> thought was like really phenomenal or, or exceptional? Sure, yeah, Grid is definitely one of them because that was like I haven't seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. So when I come to a show, I'm like I either want to see something brand new or I want you to teach me about something. Um, and so Grid was definitely like something new. Um, the other thing is Modus VR. Yep. I am a big fan of them too, uh, just because I just think that is a product that can actually save integrators a lot of time and money. Um, and um, if you're not familiar with Modus VR, they have a product that basically, like when you are specking a conference room or even if you're specking someone's house in the residential um, area, like what they do is they kind of build it for you in kind of like VR. Um, so you can actually look at the changes as they're happening and you're like, oh, I would love to see what this would look like with a 65 inch screen right here. And they're like, okay. There you go, and then you have your little goggles, and you can like look at it, and you're like, well, actually, I think that's kind of ugly. Can we make it a 55? And then they can do it right <laughs> then and there. And the way that their thing works is it, it automatically can calculate for this viewer and everything, so it tells you automatically where you can put chairs, where you can put everything. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, I was telling them about how I was like calculating for this viewer and stuff, and they were like, 
we can do that for you. That's really great that you know how to do it, but we just plug everything in and then it does it. And I was like, uh, wow. Could, could you could you take that with you in your next session? <laughs> yeah, just bring the entire <laughs> Modus VR team and be like, okay guys, let's just, let's you all work on that part for yeah. me and I will do this. Yep, you know, that, exactly. kind of, that kind of technology um, is going to be very useful from a sales perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. from generation firms like ours, right? And, and, and so the idea, I've actually been looking at stuff similar to that or that even to bring that to our team, mm -hmm. you know, you know, as well. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, you know, we talk about all the different new technologies and stuff too, though. Just from an operational standpoint, I'm looking for new vans. They have an electric van out there. Before, <laughs> they did, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool, right? Yeah. For, uh, I mean, I can't send somebody five states away with it necessarily to go do a call, but on my in-town stuff, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, same kind of question. What are you taking away from this that you get that you're like, oh my gosh, my team needs to see this, you know, have this, or? Well, yeah, of course. Um, they already took all the good ideas, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, e-glass again, I would say for sure. Yeah. That concept has been in higher ed for a long time, actually. They called it a Lightroom, but it was, gen and there were lots of design plans floating around for that, but it was typically build your, you know, build it yourself kinds of uh, situations. What I really like about them is that they've really created a, a turnkey, productized solution. Yeah. I think it's really going to make that concept uh, explode and affordable. Ed. It really yeah. was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Exactly. Um, yeah, less price on that was around two thousand dollars. So, right. yeah, for yeah. the smaller one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then again, I I thought that grid product was really cool. I'm definitely taking that back to my facilities planning and management team. Um, yeah, good stuff. All right, Jeremy, I want to end with you on this. Um, we, I, I started by talking about stuff and, and her three day class with you. Mm -hmm. Why do you do that? What? Why do you volunteer your time? Why? I asked Dean Greenblatt on on the first episode of this. Ask you the same thing. Why do you volunteer your time? What value is it to you personally, to professionally, and then to the industry? You know, I, I when I started doing more teaching and volunteering and things like that, I just I just love giving back so much. And, and it, there's a lot that comes from um, teaching these classes and you know watching the the weight kind of come off people's shoulders of their worry and their fear and then how excited they get about you know when they when they pass their CTS exam, right? But then we, I mean. It just so happened I was teaching CTS prep this week, right? There's a lot of other Infocom shows where I might end up teaching something else, like design yeah. or, or whatever, and, and we got shifted around quite a bit this show because of uh, just classes shifting around and things like that. So it's very glad to do CTS prep, and um, you know, even when we do any of that volunteer stuff, like for me, it's just, I, it just there's a there's a joy that comes with the idea that that you know we're bettering the industry as a whole, right? And there's I don't think there's enough people out there doing that, um, and you know, bringing education out to people. Uh, informing um, the whole younger generation. We talk about that, right, with workforce development. Yeah. How do we, you know, everyone luckily fell into AV. Uh, there's very few of us, and fortunately I'm one of the ones that are included to where, uh, you know, I started my career in AV and went to school for AV, yeah. right? But um, there's not a lot of that out there, and that's, and that's part of the reason why I got involved with the college level and all that other stuff as well, because uh, we really do need that as an industry. And um, just being able to give back in that way, is, is it's really rewarding, so. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, I, I will say this one thing, uh, and I didn't say it in the last one, I, I, I meant to. Um, kind of along the same lines of what, what technology or what was the exciting thing. Uh, and I had somebody ask me on, on Thursday, what's the most exciting thing you've seen on the show for? And my response without thinking is the fact that it actually happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the most exciting thing on the show floor was the show floor. Yeah. Um, was the people. Was the that's, people, right? That's what I've been saying. Yeah. I said that it was this, the people. this trade show was so much more about the people of our industry than it was about the technology of our industry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we are the heart of it. Like, the technology is just the things that we implement. Um, but this show is very much about 
hey, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of these people for the first time. Like most of the time, I've just emailed with people back and mm -hmm. forth because I started with Rave full time just a few months before COVID started. So I'm meeting all of these people and I finally get to shake their hands and hug them if they're comfortable um, and <laughs> say hi and just sit down and talk. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad the show went the way it did because if it were, you know, Infocom 2019, I would have not have had time to sit down and say hi to people or, mm -hmm. Yes, and yeah. Dave Labuskis wouldn't have had time to sit down with me and talk to me about the CTS and and everything. So, yeah. I'm I'm really glad the show went the way it did. Yeah. I've I've made a lot of new friends, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I like that. It's we're the heart. So let's let's end on that. So thank you all so much, Steph Beckett. Thank you, ma'am. Um, how do people connect with you? How do they listen to your podcast or Rave Pub? Sure. So where I am most active and most my weirdest and myself is on Twitter, and that is at Steph L Beckett. You can also find Rave Pubs on Twitter at Rave Pubs and we are at ravepubs.com where my study with Steph podcast lives. And you need to follow her on Twitter because she has an entire string of Marvel movie reviews <laughs> as she went back and watched them all. Yep. <laughs> you will not agree with her on all of it. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, it's just very interesting, a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. Mike, uh, how do people connect with you and Hetma? Yep, sure. Um, Hetma is the Higher Education Technology Managers Alliance. They can be found at hetma.org. Um, me, you can find me on Twitter at ped1971, or you can email me at mikeped at iastate.edu. All right, very good. Mr. Caldera. Uh, at Jeremy underscore Caldera is uh, the Twitter for me. You can also get me on Facebook and Instagram and all of that stuff, too. Just search Jeremy Caldera. And uh, Pearl Technology is uh, pearltechnology.com. Very good. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters, please, uh, because the bears are still sucking, I'm certain, <laughs> even though this is two weeks in the future. Uh, but go by the website, if you would, please, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Find this program and a host of others. Tons of monthlies. Uh, Matt Scott, even though he's still stuck in Canada, and also on the back wall here, uh, is Flat Matt. He's still doing res uh, Resi Week, so you can check him out. Uh, also check out some information uh, coming down the pipeline. Uh, we talked to Megan in the first segment here. She and I are heading to Dallas for the virtual um, hybrid uh, Almo E4, so you can register for that now. Uh, by the time this comes out, that is actually accurate, so you can check that out as well. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. One, one actually quick thing uh, before I get out of here. Um, I would like to thank uh, my entire team uh, who are really kick-ass and make my life an awful lot easier. Some days interesting, but at least easier. Um, Paige Flanagan joined us about a year and a half ago. She's pretty kick-ass, and she's gotten to uh, connect with some lot of really cool uh, women in AV. Mitchell Tulin, who uh, has come out of his shell and apparently did karaoke this week. Made by night. I, sa I said <laughs> apparently, because I was not at it, but I heard rumors. He sang hollow notes. It was beautiful. That is wonderful. Brought tears to my eyes. I heard that. Mm -hmm. Me All too. Right. <laughs> um, Josh Pippins, who's with me every single Infocom, so I appreciate him. Bradford Ben uh, and Bill O'Donnell was with us this week. And then back at home, our, our marketing team at CTI did a kick-ass job on graphics and all that stuff. Our team at CTI uh, has helped us out a lot. And if you're looking at this desk, they made this from scratch, from like wood and big chunks of lumber, and it's, it's beautiful. So thank you guys so much. Uh, you make me uh, look better. At least that's what Aaron says. Uh, so I uh, appreciate it. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.